This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home! Ball there! Coming down! down. What up? It's Kevin Franzen, and you're listening to the Pine Tar for Breakfast podcast. What's up? Hey, I just got back to California yesterday. Missed the boys already. Miss Scott Fransky. Fun times on that. Well, it, it's considered a road trip. Well, it's a road trip for me the entire time because I'm away from home. But, I mean, I got to do a few games in Philly. I think I should start there. Number one, fantastic. It was unbelievable. Tuesday night game sold out 43,000. I mean, that's what citizens banks all about. The energy, the life, and you know, the 10 runs in the first inning that happens. Well, it seems like we haven't scored 10 runs in a while, but that's all right. Things will happen. Um, a lot of observations on this. And I, I think number one, they're banged up. The Phillies are banged up and it's not good when you have your two guy out, your center fielder out. You're maybe at the time the hottest hitter out in Scott Kingery. Trying to, you know, find those pieces. Now, 34 guys they have used. And to me, that's significant. And number one, we're April 26th now. And we've used 35, 34 guys. And it number one, it, it says they've already been bitten by the injury. But B, if you're not doing it, you're not here. And that to me is significant because in, in years past, they've had the ability and capability, I should say, of letting guys play it out. And right now, it's not a put up or shut up type thing. It's just if you're not performing to the standards of a playoff bound team, then you're not going to be here. Some of the pitchers, they've you know come in and done, done their thing. Um, Drew Anderson, Austin Davis whether it's performance-based or whether it's because they threw a lot of pitches, they've done their jobs. It just happens to be what what's going on right now, what they need. There's needs. So tomorrow, we're hoping everything goes right and Gene Segura is off the DL and we get to see him back out there and in the two-hole. Now, one of the main observations I noticed on this trip and – They've done such a good job in addressing the one of the biggest needs, and that was last year's defense, and, and particularly the infield defense. They weren't very good. Now, they've had a, a few letdowns of late, but they are better. They are significantly, in, in my mind, technically better, whether it's attacking the baseball, whether it's just using their feet better, getting their heads down, getting it behind the baseball. Oh, by the way, that's all the stuff that Bobby Dickerson, the new infield instructor, has discussed with these guys ad nauseum throughout spring training and through this year. And 
it's frustrating as a coach, I'm sure, when you know your guys don't do it as what you want them to do as as, as far as consistency. But we have seen a, a significant improvement in the defensive. I, I I do believe now numbers wise, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look any better. But I am going to say this: they have a lot more range, and I do think at some point, if we get to it. If Scott Kingery ends up being healthy and he gets a chance to play second base all the time, that infield, that middle infield has a lot of range and nothing against Cesar. He's been a, a really good second baseman for quite a while now. He, the, the range isn't there. It's significantly a, like a three foot, four foot window on each side right now. He's not moving the same and that's, that, that's kind of nerve wracking for myself. I, I, I think it's nerve wracking, but. Then again, I'm in the broadcast booth. I'm just discussing what I see. That's what you guys all want to hear is is what I feel like is kind of the truth, if not the truth. How about this? 11 and 3 when committing no errors. 2 and 9 when committing an error. I mean, that just seems pretty significant. How about the Brewers? Brewers have made five errors this year. Two by the catcher. One from each one, Pena and uh, Grandal. Two from the first baseman, Eric Thames and uh, Jesus Aguilar. And I think one by uh, Arcia, the shortstop. They made five errors. That's not very many. And that's why a part of it, you know, and them being successful is the dependable dependability on the defensive side. So I look at it like this. On the road, they're four and two with no errors. Not bad. Five and seven is their is their overall road record. Four and two. So that makes it one and five with one plus errors. They've had three games of two plus errors, and they're 0 and three. That is significant to me. It is playing clean baseball. And we saw we saw it really come to fruition in, in uh Colorado. I mean, they didn't make an error on the Sunday game, but they made errors early on. In, uh, Friday, in, in Thursday and Friday's games, and they lost those games. They ended up losing them. And you could say the Friday game where they had six, 17 left, 19 runners left on base, 17, what is it, one for 17 runners in scoring position. That's the problem. Yeah, it is. You, you need the big hit. You do. But at the same time, you need to play catch, catch the baseball, do all that, and it helps you out. When it coincides with bad offense, which – that's been the case of recent and we're talking about you're going to have some struggles so the problems that i'm seeing right now are there are lapses and the lapses are a lot of stuff is pre-pitch not a lot of just um we had we had one go through the wickets on on cesar the other day it's not a lot of that it's a lot of like pre-pitch stuff so stuff that you actually don't even pre-pitch the, the Alvarez ball off the glove and goes to Cesar and he throws it wide of Phil Gosselin. It's like, okay, you're talking to Jimmy Rollins, who everyone knows is, is, is one of the best shortstop that we've seen. Um, and we're discussing it. And part of the thing is you have to communicate as a shortstop. Now that's the deal. Phil Gosselin is, is, is playing it only in his seventh game at shortstop in the big leagues, ninth game. The communication from him is not going to be the same as if he had played 150, let's say. So let's give him a little bit of a break on that. 
And Jimmy was saying, it's like, look, in that's in that time, yes, you would love to get the lead run. Yes, you would think about getting two, but it is deflection as a second baseman, gather it, and the shortstop should be yelling to go to first. So a lot of stuff, I think, in the infield, communication and pre-pitch stuff, just things that you are coached on well before it is you, the player, that needs to go out and execute. Absolutely. Number one. Number one. The player has got to execute on this. Uh, and, and so when you when you think about those things, it's not the physical act. It's a lot of the mental stuff. And I do believe that is once they get the game slowing down just a little bit, a little bit, the defense is going to be so much better. It already is. Like I said, technically sound. These guys have worked their butts off. And you're seeing it most of the time. Most of the time. They've played, what, 25 games now? 26 games? And they only have 14 airless games? That's not good. That is not good. This team is better than that. Significantly better than that. Now, on the flip side, I have something on the offensive. But we'll get that... Right back to you uh, after this break and more from the Pine Tar for Breakfast podcast. Coming up. You can picture Chase Utley's swing and picture Chase Utley's throw. Now picture him as a Philly forever at the Toyota Chase Utley Retirement Night with a special pregame ceremony Friday, June 21st against the Marlins. Order at phillies.com. What up? Welcome back to the Pine Tar for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen. And I just came off my first roadie. Roadie. Significant for me. Because I got to go back to Philadelphia and call a game there. And sitting in, in Larry Anderson's chair, um, which was quite comfortable. It had shock absorbers and everything. It's just weird because, look. For those that don't know, I got involved in this uh, last year uh, as far as being a replacement for Larry when he wasn't traveling. And for me, playing for the Philadelphia Phillies for a couple of years, being in the organization for a lot more than that, um, Larry Anderson would always go out of the way and talk to me. And we developed a friendship there, and I have nothing but love. I mean, you could say respect, love and respect. Like, I, I, have, I love Larry Anderson. And so being in his chair in Philadelphia, it it was significant based on the fact that it, Larry wasn't there. And he's going to be there so much more, obviously, this year. Um, but it was one that it was hard. Um, when you're there in at, at Citizens Bank Park, and especially as a Phillies fan, I apologize, but I don't apologize because, look, it's, people got to have jobs too. But it's a fact that I know you guys have grown accustomed to Larry Anderson and his voice and his opinions, and they're awesome, and they are. And so it, it, it's, it's tough for me, but at the same time, I'm going to make the most of it, and you're going to get a lot of energy. It's going to be a lot different than, than some things that he says because he's a pitcher. And so I bring a lot of the, the hitter side and the hitter's perspective. And uh, it, what, what's fun for me is I bounce so many ideas off Larry and uh, as far as pitching, because there's a lot I need to know and learn. Um, you know, I was a student of the game, but doesn't mean you know it all. 
and I'm always learning, trying to figure things out and understand why certain guys struggle at times. And um, so, yes, I, I, I'm a more than appreciative of being able to go out there in Philadelphia, be able to, you know, to hang out with Scott Fransky. It's what it is. It's not, you don't, I don't work with Scott Fransky. I hang out with Scott Fransky and we talk baseball. It is freaking fun. So if you can't get over that, sorry. Anyway, uh, now let's go on to little issue number two. And I, I was there for the first start of a left-hander versus this team, Caleb Smith in Miami. He went six innings, one hit. I'm going to say he dominated him, just totally dominated him. And it had nothing to do with production or anything, just the swings. You could tell guys struggle against lefties, and there's, there's I don't know what it is. I can speak on an opinion. This is my opinion. Again, I know it all. This is my opinion. Uh, but they faced Caleb Smith twice, Stephen Matz twice, Jason Vargas once, and Kyle Freeland. Now, when you look at those four names, one was an all-star. He throws 84 now. Stephen Matz is this uber prospect that we've been waiting for that we saw give it up on that Tuesday night. And give up 10. And then we saw the Steven Matz, the uber prospect that what everyone's been talking about. Someone I've seen. It's nasty. That's what he was this last start. Kyle Freeland on Friday night in Colorado was tremendous. Um, And for me, when I look at Kyle Freeland, his approach and his execution against the Philadelphia Phillies is what would give many teams fits many teams had nothing to do with anything other than the fact that this dude spotted in and I'm talking about in on the plate in off the plate just barely off and all his slider his changeup played off of that and I, so I, I almost I throw almost two starts I almost threw out that start by Kyle Freeland and I, and I threw out the 10 run start against Steven Matz I mean, the 10-run deal, it's not going to happen often. So, with that being said, they've had six starts against... They've seen left-handers starters six times. They have a 200 batting average, a 268 OBP, 400 slugging percentage, and scored 27 runs. Now, if you were to subtract that 10-run outing, 10-run inning against Steven Matz, Whew. I mean, I, I, it's hard to say. They're 37 for 200. That's a that's a 185 batting average. 19 runs scored, five homers, 16 doubles, a 350 slug. That's not good. It's very significant in my mind. Now, again, it's a small sample size. It's six starts. But I am I'm really coming to realize that there might be a little bit of an approach problem against these guys. And I can't speak to each individual because that's just not hitting's individual. You could say, Oh, well the hitting coach, no John Maley, John Maley, Pedro Guerrero, they do a hell of a job in prepping these guys. They get their minds, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You should see the work, the diligence that they do in putting together a plan. Now it's the players that execute, right? I mean, that's significant. So number one, 
throw the hitting coaches out because what the hitting coaches do is they put try to get their guys in the best place, best spot to succeed. And these guys, Pedro and John Maley, unbelievable in doing that. Unbelievable. The communication they have, all that stuff. So let's throw that out there. It just comes down to execution as players. And, you know, you have Gene Segura that you're missing. He's only 4 for 12 off stars, 3 extra base hits, a 1083 OPS. Bryce is 8 for 26, 5 extra base hits, 1091. Um, and a lot of that is done against the relievers. Bryce has been incredible against these nasty ass relievers that they bring in to face him. Because look, he's not facing Joe Schmo coming in. They don't bring in they don't bring in the guy throwing 80 poo. No, 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 no. They 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 bring in 97 guy. Because Brett, that's what Bryce has earned in in his career. Against Left-handed starters, Bryce Harper is 2 for 17. 2 for 17. That means, that means, he is 6 for 9 against left-handed relievers. Number one, that's stupid first and foremost, the lefty relievers that he's coming in against doing that. Stupid. But it's significant because he's hitting 118 with a 524 OPS against left-handed starters. And that that is going to be addressed at some point because Bryce won't let that stand. I will say that. Lefty-lefty um, matchups, not always fun. I wouldn't know because I was a righty. I crushed lefties. That's fine. I'll, I'll say it out there. But I had an approach. I had an idea. And I feel like I talked about it with so many guys in, in the time I was playing that – I mean, it doesn't hurt to listen, right? Reese Hoskins, five for 22, three extra base hits, eight punchies in those 22 at-bats against left-handed starters. That's significant to me. Um, and also, JT Riomuto is four for 19, three doubles against left-handers, and he had the incredible 16-pitch at-bat last night against Caleb Smith. Um but when you look at it, let, let, let's let's do this. How about this? We'll take we'll take Reese for example. Reese this year four for eighteen off of starters, left-handed starters. Four for eighteen. He's over four against lefty relievers. Um, that's two twenty-two. The OPS is ten fifty-six. He's got a double, a triple, two homers. That's fine. Say what you want. Say anything and tell me I am off. Reese should rake against lefties. I don't care what the OPS says. That should be in the that should be fifteen hundred. That's that's what I believe because I believe in Reese way more. And part of me sees him as a dead pole hitter at times. And definitely not a guess hitter. He just, he thinks along with the pitcher. I, I do believe that I, but I do see an approach between him and JT that it should go right into the JT's plan. Right. Center for JT is, is his hot zone. Sometimes I, I, I want to say, dude, center field, left center on these guys. It helps you stay on the ball. It helps you not eliminate the pitch inside. Um, 
for Reese, I, I, I just, I think it's significant because I, the guy could put it out anywhere he wants. He could hit it to right, go. He could hit one to center, go. I need to see more center field action from him with the uh, against left-handed pitchers. I really think that they mix it up great against him, but it plays right into his hand. And if he stays up the middle, and I'm not talking singles. I am not talking. He has so much pop. This dude could put it in the gaps anywhere. It does not matter. But he gets so pole happy against left-handed hitters that I really think that he needs to stay on the fastball and crush it over the center field fence. And you know what? What happens if he's early? Oh, yeah, he yanks it over in the left field. Bushes. So I I I do think it's I do think it's significant when you have your four and five guys struggle against lefties as much as they have in their careers. Um, it's significant, and it is a career, and it is something. Left-handed starters, two twelve. That's Reese. Left-handed starters, left-handed pitching, one ninety-one in his career. So I I really think that there needs to be an it's not an issue, but it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. Talk it out. Have some conversations. Because for me, left-handed starters should be fearing this lineup. I don't think left-handed starters fear this lineup, and that's what kind of bugs me and kind of makes me a little uneasy because you got some pretty good guys in the uh in the division this year. Max Freed. Who? Max Freed? Oh, yeah. The guy for the Braves? Yeah. By the way, he leads the league in ERA at 158. That's significant. That is absolutely significant. Patrick Corbin. Yeah, that Patrick Corbin. I mean, if he is on with his slider against this team, that's a long day. But then again, you can get him out over the plate and start hammering him. Caleb Smith's already shoved it up them twice. He's got 12 innings, four hits, 14 punches, four walks. That's significant. You got Steven Matz, who's a really good pitcher. We don't know who he is, really. We really don't. Um, but we do know that it's significant, right? He's significant. In this, in this race, he is significant. Possibilities of facing a, a, a guy like Jason Vargas. I mean, that's going to be huge. But you're going to start making a run. We're going we're gonna, to, in a couple weeks, go to Chicago, face Lester, Hamels. You think they'll try to match it up so they'll have to face left-handed pitching? Absolutely. No doubt. The Brewers, they got Geo. Now, are they going to have him ready to go and, and they're – to face the Phillies? Possibly. Possibly. He'll be out after three because he'll throw like 100 pitches against this team because they wear down a guy. But I do think it's significant. What we're going to – we're about to embark on in this next – you know, not this next road trip, but the, the following one, Chicago, Milwaukee, home, and then we go to L.A., Kershaw, Urias, Ryu. I mean, it, it just depends on who's off the DL at the time. They're going to have left-handers. And Rich Hill, if he's back, like, doing his thing, they're matching him up against. Absolutely. 100%. San Diego, they got they got four. They have four possibilities of throwing left-handers. 
So this is an, this is an issue they need to address within the next few weeks. Um, and it's an issue, not personnel. It's just mindsets. Again, I will hundred percent put this on the players, not the, not the hitting coaches, hitting coaches prep. These guys, they give them everything. And they give them to a point where it's like less is more. They do that. They don't bombard these guys with all this info. But single them to death if you have to. These left-handed hitters think center field, react in. But if lefties establish in, those are your those are your tough times. Those are where you got to battle. If they can't establish in, then you should hammer these guys. And that's what I really think. Um. More pine tar for breakfast coming up uh, Sunday. I'm going to try to get a interview in on for Sunday's podcast. But tune in. Hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Franzen. Let me know what you think. Give me some ideas. I need some ideas. One, hear what you want to talk about. And go Phillies. Peace.